This episode of the Old Dogs REI Network is brought to you by Mino Studio. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manasero. Dogs, and welcome to Fun Facts Friday. This is our once a week, only on Friday show, where we have special episodes not featuring guests, where I will share tricks, tips, terminology, and techniques that will help skyrocket you to real estate investing success. Today's topic is foreclosures up 132%. Housing crash or market correction? Well, before we get started on this heavy topic here, I just want to touch base with you guys and uh, make sure you're doing okay. Hopefully you're healthy and doing well. Hopefully your real estate investing endeavors are just killing it, you know, right now. I I think that uh, if, um, gosh, with the rents going up and with prices of properties going up uh, uh, there's got to be somewhere in there you can get uh, you know see those uh, profits that you've been looking at anyway um, so I just uh, just wanted to touch base with you and uh, we got a kind of a big topic to cover here so let's uh, let's jump into it now and you know we, we've been talking for a while about uh, this these sort of impending foreclosures and what's going to happen well it looks like it's starting to happen and um and and how is that going to impact what uh is going on in the market as a whole uh, you know is it going to fuel some sort of a market crash or correction is there going to be other elements involved so as i was reading through some real estate data um there are three stats that really caught my eye. The first is the number of active foreclosures. And now that's when the foreclosure process has begun on a seriously delinquent loan, but it has yet to be completed and liquidated. Uh, as those foreclosures uh, edged up by more than 7,000 in March, the first year-over-year increase in almost 10 years, according to mortgage technology data and analytics provider Black Knight. Uh, secondly, more than 78,000 U.S. properties had a foreclosure filing during the first quarter of 2022, which is up 39% from the previous quarter and up 132% from a year ago, according to real estate analytics company ATTOM. And third, serious mortgage delinquencies, and that's like the, the last leg here, those 90 or more days past due are 70% higher than they were pre-pandemic, according to Black Knight. So we are seeing some pretty strong indicators here that all of the uh, moratoriums and stops that uh, were in place are going away. And we're starting to see the real numbers now. Now, while those numbers seem grim, though, Pros say the reality isn't as bad as it looks. 
Though active foreclosures are up on a year-over-year basis, the number of loans in active foreclosure is still way below historic norms. On average, prior to the pandemic, the country saw about 30,000 to 40,000 foreclosures starts okay, per month. But the foreclosure moratoriums that were put in place as part of the CARES Act in response to COVID-19 drove all of that normal activity to a halt. And for the most part, the continued low foreclosure starts are because the vast majority of folks who had taken advantage of forbearance have come out of such plans and returned to performing on their mortgages. So when you look at the overall numbers, it doesn't look as bad as it sounds. Those who remain in forbearance may still have protection against foreclosure until they reach the maximum allowable forbearance period. So there are still those that are still protected. As for foreclosure filings, uh, Rick Sharga, Executive Vice President of Market Intelligence at ATTOM, says that though foreclosure activity increased significantly in the first quarter of 2020, that doesn't indicate a sudden weakness in the housing market or the U.S. economy. Mortgage servicers are essentially catching up on processing foreclosures on loans that were already in default or more than 120 days delinquent prior to the pandemic. Many of these loans, fairly old, issued prior to 2009, and he says, we're not expecting to see a huge wave of foreclosure activity anytime soon, even with the dramatic increase in first quarter foreclosure activity. We're still running at about 50% of the normal level. So you're getting different, and this is what the whole economy is like right now. You'll have one extreme, and then you'll have somebody come on the other side. And so you, know, you have to kind of weigh it out yourself. Finally, you know, regarding serious mortgage delinquencies, though they are up since the pandemic, in March they fell 12% for the strongest single month improvement in 20 years. And there are actually more than 1.2 million fewer serious delinquencies than there were last March, Black Knight reports. Okay, so, so what is it? Are we hitting this, this tough period? What's more, delinquencies overall are way down. Black Knight further reports that 30-day delinquencies, um, and that's uh, borrowers who were just a single payment past due, plunged 20% from February. The reason for this decline? A combination of rising unemployment, student loan deferrals, strong post-forbearance performance, and millions of refinances has helped put downward pressure on delinquency rates. So why do foreclosures and delinquencies matter overall in the first place to the housing market? Why would we even talk about a potential crash? Well, I think there are people that are watching foreclosures and delinquencies because they are often a sign of distress, which can indicate weakness in the housing market. Given the the decrease in delinquencies from a few months ago, experts suggest that even a minor uptick from the beginning of the year isn't a reason to worry. According to Jeff Ostrowski, an analyst at Bankrate, these delinquency rates are so low that they're not having much effect on the overall housing boom. So we got this huge boom going on and we have these other delinquencies and and foreclosures and so forth. But compared to the boom, he's saying that it's, it's not really that significant. Although the housing market needs any and all new inventory, Alstrowski says he doubts the volume of foreclosures will be enough to really make a dent in the inventory squeeze. 
According to him, uh, he says foreclosures are at a very low level and the legal process can take months. So he doesn't expect any real fallout from the foreclosure uptick. What does that mean for home buyers and sellers? I mean, does this mean we can go out and find some great deals out there? Pros say that you shouldn't expect a shift in the housing market as a result of these foreclosure upticks. Holden Lewis, a home and mortgage expert at NerdWallet, says, With demand for homes exceeding supply by so much, no one is going to get a foreclosure for a steal. Competing buyers are bidding up prices for all homes, including foreclosures. So for those of us that are thinking, oh man, there's tons of foreclosures, we're going to get some good deals, finally, um, he's saying that's not going to be the case because the demand is so strong, right? And there's a shortage. It's possible, however, that you'll come across foreclosed property while searching for a home. And if you're considering buying one, um, you'll likely want to understand the different types of foreclosures listed for sale. Okay, and that's that's important to know about. Uh, Lawrence Young, a chief economist at the National Association of Realtors, says many real estate investors are looking for a deep foreclosure bargain, but it's still a seller's market. Depending on the stage of the delinquency process, you may find pre-foreclosures where a lender notifies the homeowner that they're in default, okay, short sales where a a homeowner tries to sell the home for less than the mortgage home value due to financial distress, sheriff sale auctions where properties in default are sold at courthouses, bank foreclosures known as real estate-owned properties, REOs, and government foreclosures where properties are purchased with loans from the Federal Housing Finance Agency or Veterans Administration. So those are the various types of foreclosure-type products out there. Properties in foreclosure can be found on the multiple listing service as well, so you you don't need to go hunting undercover for them. Uh, They're available for anyone to see. Uh, I don't know about pre-foreclosures so much, but properties going through foreclosures are, are also listed sometimes in newspapers, bank offices, and websites. For buyers considering a focused property, auctions are another venue to find available houses. So the, the, these foreclosure products are at different stages are going to go into these other more um, public arenas that people can buy from. Uh, that said, a serious delinquency can be devastating for a homeowner because it means a hit to their credit score and potentially a default in foreclosures, uh, says Ostrowski. The silver lining is that because prices are holding strong, a struggling homeowner should be able to sell their home before losing it. But the same homeowner then has to keep themselves afloat in an expensive rental market. So um, they still have to survive, you know, especially the inflation that's impacting just living in this. So, you know, why would this, for example, suggest or even lead to the you know people to, to look at, at the possibility of a housing crash or correction. Now, speculation about a possible housing bubble has taken full bloom this spring home buying season. We're seeing it now. And talk of bubbles inevitably leads to the question of whether the bubble will pop right? With a crash or more gently ease back down to earth in a modest correction. Now, as the Federal Reserve's decision to raise interest rates from near zero levels propels mortgage rates to a 12-year high, it's put additional pressure on housing costs. With housing affordability sitting at a decade low, the home buying frenzy that rocked the real estate market is beginning to fizzle. 
And that means a larger shift is looming. According to Sam Katner, uh, Freddie Mac's chief economist, while springtime is typically the busiest home buying season, the upswing in rates has caused some volatility in demand. It continues to be a seller's market, but buyers who remain interested in purchasing a home may find that competition has moderately softened. As home buyer demand wanes, either one of the two can come to happen to fruition here, a correction or a crash. The former, okay, would entail a gradual drop in prices to more sustainable levels, whereas the latter would result from either a rapid drop in prices triggered by widespread panic from homeowners and investors or a wave of foreclosures. However, with homeowners leveraging more than $3.2 trillion in home equity and mortgage lenders enforcing strict standards, it's unlikely the real estate market is headed toward a crash. That's not necessarily my opinion, okay, but I I think that anything can happen in this kind of a market, especially, um, and we doubt that it'll be anything along the likes of 2008, but it could could be a crash, could be a moderate crash, (laughs) but we don't know yet. Uh, And I think everybody keeps saying this isn't the housing market of 2008, and it's not. Okay, there were a lot of other elements there that have since laws that protect those things from happening. The the COVID-19 housing market is drawing many comparisons to the real estate market of the mid-2000s, but the two periods couldn't be more different. Uh, according to the uh, Odetta Cushy, uh, first uh, America's deputy chief economist, this is not the same market of 2008. It's no secret the housing market played a central role in the Great Recession, but this market is just fundamentally different in so many ways. The housing bubble that led up to 2008 crisis is attributed to a combination of cheap debt, uh, predatory lending practices, and complex financial engineering that resulted in many borrowers being placed into mortgages they could not afford. The situation triggered a foreclosure crisis among homeowners and a credit crisis among the investors who owned bonds backed by defaulted mortgages and birthed a global recession. In 2002, the real estate market is in a much better position. Almost all American households have rebuilt their nominal net worth to pre-recession values and lending standards have tightened while home values have soared. However, despite the market's improvement, there still remains a great imbalance between supply and demand. But as buyer demand declines amid soaring costs, it's easing competition, and that could mean a correction rather than a crash. Now, is the real estate market you know, bracing for a soft landing? As homebuyers' demands fall, the real estate market is approaching a slowdown. According to the Census Bureau, U.S. new home sales have declined every month in 2002, and in March, they fell to a four-month low, highlighting the impact soaring borrowing costs are having on potential buyers. According to Mark Palem, uh, Fannie Mae's chief economist, higher mortgage rates, along with the really strong home price appreciation, create affordability challenges for many home buyers, and that's going to slow the market down. He says, we already have a slowdown in both home sales and the rate of home price appreciation. 
According to a real estate database, Redfin, 12% of homes for sale had a price drop during the four weeks ending April 3rd, up from 9% in 2021 and the highest share since December. Significant. Usually is when the spring home buying and selling market begins to heat up. A lot of people, you know, looking to uh, get into a house before school starts, moving to a new area and so forth. But uh, this year, things look like they're cooling down a bit instead. Uh, Doug Duncan, the chief economist of Fannie Mae, thinks the housing market is bracing for a soft landing. Uh, Duncan says that mortgage rates have ratcheted up dramatically over the past few months. And historically, such large movements have ended with a housing slowdown. Consequently, we expect home sales, home prices, and mortgage volumes to cool over the next two years. So, you know, to, to say, you know, we got a crash coming, a lot of people are, are kind of leaning against that. But, uh, you know, we're seeing dramatic things happening in different areas. Um, you know, some areas being hit really hard, like in L.A. County. Across the U.S., house prices, uh, they've dropped one-third, okay? Um, so that's pretty significant. But places like L.A. County, uh, or in the area near where I live, um, you know, there's been a, a U.S. price index rise 2.1%. So we're seeing both, and they're happening back and forth, back and forth. So as a real estate market cools, if it's going to continue to do that, um, up until August, September, and midsummer, the fundamentals that supported its growth, like record high home prices and home equity, are likely to keep it relatively healthy, according to some of these experts that I've quoted. This could mean a correction rather than a crash on the horizon. But at this point, I think many people are at a sort of watch and see and see you know what really is gonna is gonna come down to i think uh, you know, the bottom line is you know a few modest price drops are not a real estate catastrophe measuring economic trends by looking at 12-month changes tends to smooth the ups and downs of any benchmark whether the volatility is tied to seasonal variations short-run impact of events or just noise in an economic yardstick but this statistical softening can also delay the reality check that's much needed by markets of any asset as inflection points, okay? So considering what's happening with Wall Street right now, anything can happen. I think we need to you know, keep our eyes open. I think we need to be aware of what's happening not only in real estate, but we have to look at the stock market as well and the rest of the economy. We can't just zero in on a few key statistics to be able to estimate what is going to be the long run here. Um, and, and if we continue to see drops in the market, uh, that's, that's uh, going to have longer term effects that could impact what happens in real estate as well. Well, that's the show for today. Um, I know it doesn't sound like it's uh, all that uh, promising, but um, I think more than anything else that we need to be optimistic, so I say cautiously optimistic, and um, you know, hope for the best. Again, real estate, if it does go down, you know it's going to go up eventually. So we have to you know, 
keep that into mind. It may be a longer term play than you, than you were thinking initially, but um, I think overall it's still the best place for your money. Well, that's it for now. Please note, old dog listeners, everything presented here today can be accessed in our detailed show notes at the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. Just look for the episode entitled Foreclosures Up 132% Housing Crash or Market Corrections. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, Keep moving forward, and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.